Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Here at Yeah, That Soccer Show, we're excited to continue our partnership with Uptown Poor, part of the Uptown Company, along with their sister organization, Uptown Catering. Hey, if you are looking for food or beverage catering for your next event or party, make sure you go check them out. You can go to UptownPoorCo.com, or if you want to see and visualize what you're going to get for your money, go over to Instagram and follow them at The Uptown Company. You can see all of the great things they have on offer. Thanks again to Uptown Poor for sponsoring, yeah, that soccer show. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you, so make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, once again to a very special one-year anniversary show of yeah that soccer show episode number four zero that's right we're over the hill folks we have turned 40 let's hope not i will be 40 before too long so let's hope that 40 is not over the hill hey we have been talking about doing this top 10 moments we thought maybe we would do top 10 moments for 2018 but then um, as I looked at it and realized that the anniversary of dropping the trailer, setting up the podcast on January 11th, 2018, I knew that the anniversary was coming up. So I thought, why not just wait? Let's make it a birthday celebration for Yeah, That Soccer Show and dive into the top 10 soccer moments over the first year of our existence. Now, look. I came up with this list. I had a little bit of help, had some folks chip in and give some ideas. We're going to cover pretty much everything that we talk about on this show from time to time. So don't be surprised to hear a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and hopefully something that you resonate with that you loved from the first year of our show. So without further ado, let's get into the list, the top 10 coming in. At number 10, we want to talk about the interviews. That's right. This year on Yeah, That Soccer Show, we have been able to interview all sorts of people. We've been able to interview Marco and Richard Carrizales of Greenville FC. We've been able to interview Doug Irwin, Vice Chairman and Chief Brand Officer of the Greenville Triumph. We've also had the privilege to talk to the coaches of both Greenville FC, Coach Lee Squires, and Greenville Triumph legend, U.S. soccer legend, John Harks. Those have been fun interviews. We've been able to talk to some fans, just some regular old people. Uh, ben Gosshorn, the soccer goose, he's been on here a couple times with us. Chris Davis from the Amateur Hour podcast. Sam Slaughter, our resident cocktail connoisseur. And bearded wonder. I mean, that man between his hair and his beard. There's just there's just no touching him. 
Uh, we've been able to even talk to maybe some of our, uh, we'll call them frenemies up north, uh, Tim Blakicki of the You're Smarter Than Us Asheville City podcast. We've been able to talk to some organizations. We talked to the Swamp Rabbits when hockey night or soccer night was getting ready to happen at the Swamp Rabbits game. We were able to talk to the Milltown operatives as they were getting formed. We've been able to talk to the Reedy River Riot as they've been getting formed. We were able to speak with maybe one of my favorite interviews of the year with Sophia Coronado of Equal Juego. She is doing some amazing things, trying to raise awareness and uh, and just bring soccer two people who don't necessarily always get it uh, through Equal Waco. So we were excited to talk to her this season. And then for, for me, just as, as a fan, it's been really cool to have an opportunity to talk to both Mikey Ambrose and Walker Zimmerman. Those were super cool conversations I was able to have on the podcast. And I mean, just nothing touches that. So our number 10 moment for the year was our interviews. Coming in at number nine, we had some big time games in Greenville FC's first season. And some of the games were my favorite things to talk about. I remember watching some of the early games that were away on the streams doing the pregame and halftime periscopes, which were really fun. And I was sad we got away from doing those. So hopefully we can do some more of those kind of things this year. But I wanted to talk about just a few of the big games that really stood out to me this season. The first one is obviously that first home game, uh, 2-1 loss. Not the, not the result we would have wanted against Nashville, but just remembering being in the stadium and there being... 2000 people there. And it just, it was like everything that had been building up through the off season was finally manifest up there at Eugene stone stadium at Furman, seeing all the people, seeing the Milltown operatives for the first time, feeling the energy that was there. I mean, it was just, that was a really special moment. Like soccer was finally here in Greenville and it was amazing. The uh, another big game that stood out to me was not one that most of us or any of us really were at, and that was the first ever win in New Orleans. I remember watching on the stream. I think we were doing a pregame and halftime periscope for that match, and so that wound up being a really cool uh, experience to feel like we were watching it together. <laughs> so that was a really fun, a really fun memory. And the third game that I wanted to talk about was the. Chattanooga FC game that we played in Greenville. It was a one-one draw at home, but you know that was a game where we talked about it coming in. Chattanooga had been the class of the league for a long time. They'd had this ten-year history of just being this uh, legendary lower division club, and they were coming to Greenville to play us. And their fans traveled well. We got to tailgate with them, and it was just really cool. And to to feel like. Even the one-one draw felt like a win in a lot of ways. It was like we were the underdogs. We had no business being in that game, and yet we were gritty. We were scrappy. We managed to pull out and split the points, and that was really fun. And so I was just going to talk about three games, but then I remembered that I had to throw in an honorable mention for the game when the Georgia Revolution came to play at Eugene Stone Stadium, and we made the... Uh, six foot tall picture of Jack Gurr from middle school. And he really got into it. 
he later sent me a message uh, on social media that he really appreciated the banter and and pulling that picture out. So I think that really, you know, that's one of those things that as a fan, like you're, we're doing it to try and get under his skin and distract him and, you know, I don't know, throw him off his game. But at the same time, like you love it when as a fan, your banter and the level to which you've done things like Tifos and that really get noticed by the players that you're trying to, uh, to impact. So that was kind of fun. That was a really fun one. And I felt like I would be uh, remiss to not, to not mention that one. Number eight. Now, this is something that we have not actually talked about on the podcast. I didn't feel like it was enough to warrant its own show, and it was kind of in this dead period over the last few months. Um, but I think it's a huge, huge thing, and that is the Greenville Triumph announcing Nike as their kit uh, provider and their merchandise provider. And I say that's a big deal because. I know, personally for me, preference-wise, I like the fit of an Adidas jersey. I have, you know, some uh, Atlanta United jerseys that are Adidas. I like the way that they fit. And Nike makes uh, jerseys that are not as uh, not as not as well fitting on us uh, hefty folks. But you cannot deny if you live in America that Nike is the quintessential sports brand. It is synonymous with excellence in sports. Um, and so I think anytime a team gets a contract with Nike, it's a big deal. And I say this as a fan of, of the University of Tennessee and had to live through years of uh, an Adidas deal and the Adidas stuff just being really not as great in terms of fan gear um, on, on a fan side. And then when we switched over to Nike, just feeling like it was a huge win and Nike just makes great stuff. And so I think that's a big deal. I know, like I said, we didn't talk about this on the show, but I think having Nike uh, attached to your club is a big deal and it gives you exposure that you might not otherwise get. And the thing that I've really noticed is that throughout the USL League One, we're the only team as of now that has Nike. Um, and that's a big deal. I think that really that really helps establish the triumph as a brand. It helps bring brand awareness. And like I said, Nike is such a recognizable brand and such a desirable brand that I think that's going to draw fans to the Greenville triumph brand who are, who are soccer fans. So that's a big deal. I think that was a, that was a big thing to happen. And so that's why it made it on the list here at number eight. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll jump back in at number seven. Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. Let's jump back in here. We have gone 10 through 8, 10 interviews, 9 the big games, 8 the Triumph announcing Nike as their apparel and equipment sponsor. Number 7, and this is a big event that we talked about just a little bit on the podcast, but if you're a soccer fan, at all, this was probably on your highlight reel for 2018, and that is the 2018 
World Cup. World Cup comes around once every four years. I'm going to be honest. I'm not an Olympics guy. I don't love the Olympics. Even soccer in the Olympics is kind of, it's just kind of meh. I mean, I'm going to watch it because it's soccer and I love it, but I've never really get into the Olympics, uh, particularly the Winter Olympics. I don't barely watch any of that. But the Summer Olympics, I even don't watch a ton just because it's it's just not my thing. But the World Cup is a different beast. Uh, my This is the first World Cup that my wife really got to fully uh, see me living through. I know the 2014 World Cup was after we were married, but it was uh, it was just a different time in our life back then. But, but this summer I was actually on vacation. We, we were on vacation with my family the first week of the world cup when you had games basically nonstop from about six in the morning till, uh, you know, three or four in the afternoon. And so I literally didn't go out to the beach very much. I stayed in most days to watch these world cup matches and, uh, man, it was such a good year for the tournament. And I know that's hard to say, especially considering the U S wasn't in it, but it was different. It was a little different to not feel, um, the nerves and the, and the having a strong rooting interest where now I'm actually rooting against some of the better teams because I don't want the U S to have to meet up with them. Like at this point, I'm able to just sit back and kind of just root for the teams that are great, that have players on them that I love, um, and, and watch it all the way through. And that was really fun. And, you know, France and Croatia wouldn't have been the teams I would have picked to to root for or, or pull for or want to watch in a final. But at the same time, like I I loved it. It was a great final. It was a, a two great teams, and it was a really fun tournament. And even with some of the the wild upsets and some of the teams not making it very far, I think it was a it was a fun year for the World Cup. So World Cup gets in there at number seven on our list of top ten moments in the first year of the podcast. Number six, the Greenville Triumph announced John Harks as their head coach, their inaugural head coach. So we first started hearing some rumblings that John Harks was on the list. I remember seeing a rumor on Twitter and thinking, there's no way this is real. This, is, this There's no way the name John Harks, John Harks, U.S. soccer legend, is going to be coaching in Greenville for a new team in a brand new league in a hopefully at that time, now we know the third division of the U.S. soccer. Like that just seemed a little far-fetched to me. And I remember getting invited to go to the press conference where he was going to be announced and I'm sitting there. I think at this point, like all signs were pointing to like, yeah, this is this is really happening. It's really John Harks, but I don't think I was going to believe it until he walked out from behind uh, the the stage there and to see him and his family and think this is this is real life and then to not only get to be a part of that moment but then to to get the phone call that uh, I was going to have the opportunity to sit down with John for uh, a half an hour or so and just chat with him and try to pick his brain and what his hopes and dreams for the triumph were. Um, this is a dream come true as a soccer fan. I mean, it's, it's hard to really, like I talked about how, how significant it was to be able to have conversations with Mikey Ambrose and Walker Zimmerman. And this is, this is even on another level to that, just in terms of who John Harks is to us soccer, 
and to soccer in this country and what he's done to help grow the sport here, but also in the fact that this wasn't a phone call. This was sitting down face-to-face getting to meet this person who's a legend in the sport and is, is so much a reason that I, that I love this sport. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, this could easily be a number one on a list most years. And it really, I think talks to the things that are going to be ranked above here at how significant this year has been for soccer and Greenville that, uh, that, getting to sit down and meet John Harks and have that news came in at number six on a top 10 list. I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know. So let's go to number five and four. number five. I'm going to let my friend Chris Davis on Twitter, uh, help me out to announce number five. So when I tweeted out before Christmas, Hey, we're going to be recording the year in review episode. Send us your nominees for your favorite moments of 2018 on or off the field, Chris Davis at Chris Davis CLT, uh, one half of the amateur hour podcast, along with our friend, the soccer goose up there. He said, it's gotta be the Carolina Classico for me, both Greenville FC and Asheville city SC showing creativity and involving Milltown operatives and South Slope blues in their rivalry competition. That was awesome. And so much fun. And he posts a picture with it. Uh, featuring uh, Goose and Chris, as well as myself and Tim Blakicki of uh, the You're Smarter Than Us podcast, uh, holding the Carolina Classico trophy between all of us. You know, Carolina Classico was a was a cool thing for for no other reason than it was a trophy and we won it. And yeah, I, I think Chris makes a good point there when he talks about the way that both Greenville FC and Asheville City thought about how can we involve the supporters groups and make them a part of this rivalry in not just a hate filled way. And a like, you know, I called, I called Tim my, my frenemy, like a way that we have this, uh, we have this rivalry and we have this, uh, competition that we want to win against each other. And we're close. We're, we're local rivals, but at the same time, there is kind of this camaraderie between Asheville City and Greenville FC. I, I really enjoyed going up there and tailgating with those folks in Asheville, and I know a lot of them came down and tailgated with us here in Greenville, and I think it was a good time all around. And it felt good uh, to to experience that side of it, to be a fan and participate in this rivalry. But the other reason this rivalry was so important and so fun to me is that, one, it included – Two of two wins for us and our first ever home win, the very last game of the season, 4th of July. It was kind of this whole thing coming together, just a, a mix of things that happened to fall together with the holidays and the, and the trophy and this amazing TIFO that the Milltown Operatives put together. It was just a lot of stuff coming together to make a really, really cool experience. The two-leg game really is one of the highlights of 2018 and of the first year of the podcast. So it's going to come in there at number five, the Carolina Classico between Greenville FC and Asheville City. Let's hear from another one of our sponsors before we continue on our countdown. The Spice and Tea Exchange offers a wide variety of spices, loose leaf teas, seasoning blends, sugars, salts, and more to guests from around the world. Visitors are encouraged to freely explore the shop open jars of fragrant spices, and receive helpful advice on flavors and cooking from a passionate, involved staff. 
Take a quick glance behind their blending counter and you might find employees hand mixing custom spice blends, serving up flavorful tea options or crafting unique gifts. The Spice and Tea Exchange began franchising in August 2008 and found a home in Greenville in 2013. We want to celebrate our fifth year in Greenville and 10 years as a company. Come meet our new owner, Valerie, and receive 15% off your total purchase if you mention you heard it on Yeah! That Soccer Show. Thanks again to the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville for being the official spice store of Yeah! That Soccer Show. Welcome back to the countdown of the top 10 things in soccer from the first year of Yeah! That Soccer Show. Soccer in the upstate, soccer around the world. Uh, let's run down where we've come from so far. Number 10 were our interviews on the podcast. Number 9, some of the big games for Greenville FC in their first season. Number 8, the Triumph announcing Nike as their kit provider and merchandise provider. Number 7, the World Cup, the greatest tournament, the greatest event every four years. Number 6, the Greenville Triumph announced John Harks as their inaugural head coach. And number 5, the Carolina Classico rivalry between Greenville FC and Asheville City. Now to number four, equal juego, soccer for good. Uh, getting to hear a little bit about this girl named Sophia who was starting her own nonprofit to bring soccer to underserved communities in our area. It really lit a fire under me. I started uh, tweeting at some people trying to get her campaign funded. Uh, our friend Rob Stone on Fox dropped some money to push her over the edge. Uh, loved getting to work with the American Outlaws of Anderson to do a fundraiser all around a U.S. match, a friendly. Um, I've loved being able to see Greenville FC and Greenville Triumph both come together around Sophia, work with her, try to raise money for her, help support her in her efforts, help point her in the right direction, um, mentor her. That has been really, really cool. And she's doing some really cool stuff. If you're not following along with Equal Juego, make sure you're following her on Twitter, on Instagram, over on Facebook. She's got some really cool stuff happening, and they're doing they're doing a lot of good. And, like, this is... To me, this is the way that we grow the game in our country is to make it accessible to everyone. And I think that's what Sophia's heart is. I think that's what her desire is in, in putting all the effort and work in to, to do this thing. And so I started this podcast because I wanted to provide a fan voice for, for other fans to have a dialogue about soccer in Greenville and in the upstate. And to me, that's why this, this ranks so highly on this list, because this is exactly what this is. It's a fan initiative. It's a fan who has said soccer is important to me. It's in, and, and my community is important to me. And I want these two things to both come together and to be available for everyone. I want to help. I want to do what I can to help grow the game. So for me, what I have chosen to do to help grow the game is to, to podcast and to write and to cover these teams and to provide access to fans in a way that maybe you wouldn't get just from showing up on a game day. What Sophie has done is said, hey, the way that I'm going to help grow the game is try to bring the game to people that might not otherwise get to experience it or play it or know about it and try to make it accessible to them. And so 
Uh, that kind of stuff fires me up. And that's why I was so excited to, to talk to Sophia. That's why I was excited to uh, have her on the podcast and to help her in whatever way I could, even though, even as little as that was, that's my kind of, that's my little niche in this, uh, in this soccer sphere. And so, uh, equal Juego and Sophia, they slide in here at number four on the list. Number three, Lugnut, Lethan, Allen named NPSL supporter of the year. That's right. Everyone's favorite uh, mascot. Is that the right word? <laughs> I hate to call a child a mascot, but uh, I think our friend Grinch and uh, and his lovely wife Amanda would agree that Lugnut has been the face in a lot of ways of soccer in Greenville this year. Um, he's been he's been everywhere. He's been uh, featured with Greenville FC. He's been featured with Greenville Triumph. I know uh, I know Chris has said on numerous occasions his. His desire is to give his son as much exposure to soccer as possible because he loves the sport and he wants to DVR games for him and and let him be a kid and enjoy sport at its purest version. And that's what I love about Lugnut's energy, his atmosphere, his his just presence at a soccer match. You can't help but smile when you're around Lugnut. Um, he just, he just brings back an innocence to every fan that he's around that he engages with. Uh, he makes you remember why you love a sport for the real purity of it, a childlike fandom. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of cool when they were doing this nominate a supporter year thing. And it's like, Hey, why, why not nominate a three-year-old kid? Like, why not? He really is the, the lifeblood in a lot of ways of, of our fan community here in Greenville. And then to see, uh, to see big name soccer players and coaches and celebrities come out in support of Lugnut and, uh, and to push him out and retweet him and to send their votes and their endorsements, um, all the way to getting Lugnut recognized as the supporter of the year. And I think it's a much deserved reward and it's, and it brings, and the thing about it is like, and Chris has said this, Grinch has said this on numerous occasions. Like it, it is an award that Lugnut won, but in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a, it's an award that Greenville won. It's an award that we as a fan base in the city won to say soccer in Greenville is a force to be reckoned with. We have passionate fans here. Soccer is a big deal here and we want to make it successful. And if you want to question us, we've got a three-year-old a now four-year-old that we can put up against you and show you that, Hey, we've got little kids with more fire and passion than most of your entire fan bases. And so Lugnut winning support of the year slides in at number three, number two on our list of the top 10 moments of the first year of yeah, that soccer show Got to be honest, this one's a little self-serving. I put this up here because to me, this has been not only the highlight of my year, maybe the highlight of my sports fandom my entire life. And that was watching me being able to be there in person, but watching Atlanta United win Major League Soccer, the MLS Cup final. And... We talked about Atlanta United a little bit on the podcast. I try not to go too much into it because 
they're not really a Greenville team. Um, I think we're getting a, a bigger draw, a bigger fan base. So maybe it'll be something that this coming season we'll have maybe some special Atlanta United only episodes. Where we talk a little bit about Atlanta United as, as the fan base continues to grow around this city. But I did want to just mention like, it's a cool thing because not just, even if you're not a fan of Atlanta United, I think the reason that it is a big deal is that a team in the South where quote unquote soccer isn't supposed to work in the South with all of us hillbillies and rednecks. Um, (laughs) but that soccer has come to the South has been tremendously successful, has brought eyeballs and people in, I remember when Atlanta United first started uh, two years ago, They there was a lot of criticism over they couldn't get anybody on the sports radio in Atlanta to talk about the soccer team. And, you know, they just said, look, it's there's it just doesn't bring numbers. We don't have a reason to talk to it, talk about it, because nobody's going to want to listen to it. And you know what? The interesting thing is, as the team continued to be successful and continued to grow, they started talking about it. And the week leading up to MLS Cup, that's almost all they talked about. And the week coming out of MLS Cup, winning a championship for that city that's been starved for one for so long, that's all they talked about on the radio. (laughs) So I say that to say, I think Atlanta is becoming a a heartbeat for soccer in the South. They're, They're becoming an example that even at the lower divisions, we can look to and point to and say, that's what we desire to be. That's what we want to try to emulate in a way that fits in our community. Like I know Greenville FC and Greenville Tribe have both interacted with some of the leadership and folks at Atlanta United and Atlanta United has been very gracious to say, yeah, come on, let us ask us questions. Let us help you. Like, obviously we don't have Arthur blank here to, to bankroll a, 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 a signing like a Joseph Martinez or Miguel Elmeron, but we can look at best practices. We can look at the things that they're doing on their level and say, how can we translate this to the MPSL or the USL League One level and apply it here in Greenville so that we can be successful in a in an environment in the South that's going to be really similar. So Atlanta United winning MLS Cup, a huge deal for me, a huge deal, I think, for soccer in the South, whether you're a fan or not. Um, so that's why they made it to number two on our list. We're going to check in with one more sponsor before we get to number one. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Milltown Operatives. The Milltown Operatives are the official supporters group of Greenville FC. You can check out some of their merchandise and help support the group by going to teespring.com slash stores slash Milltown GVL. Make sure you check out their merchandise. They're launching new designs all the time, and you can be a part of the official supporters group of Greenville FC. Welcome back as we continue to count down our top 10 moments of the first year of Yeah, That Soccer Show. It's our birthday, and we're celebrating by counting down the best moments from the first year of existence. And we are we've made our way all the way to number one. It's time to tell you the number one moment of our first year. But before we do that, let's review really quickly. Number 10, all the wonderful interviews we've been able to do on the show. Number nine, some of the big games we've gotten to cover this year for Greenville FC. Number eight, the Greenville Triumph and Nike announcing a partnership. Number seven, the World Cup, because it's the World Cup. Number six, John Harks announced as the inaugural head coach for Greenville Triumph SC. 
Number five, the Carolina Classico two-leg championship. Number four, getting to help out and be a part of Equal Juego's growth at growing the game in our area. Number three, Lugnut, Lethan Allen, named supporter of the year in the NPSL. And number two, Atlanta United wins MLS Cup. Now, number one, the number one thing about soccer in the upstate in the first year of this very podcast is, well, before I tell you, (laughs) let me remind you of what I said just a little bit ago. The reason I started this podcast is to be a fan voice for fans. And so it makes complete sense that the number one thing that I have gotten to be a part of this year as uh, the podcast has grown, as folks have been following the stuff we're doing over at Soccer and Sweet Tea, being a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Slack. But the number one thing that I have gotten to see in Greenville soccer this year is the growth, the birth and growth of two supporters groups, the Milltown Operatives and the Reedy River Riot. And the reason I say this is soccer more than any other sport is a communal sport. It's a place where you get to come together regardless of race, gender, religion, belief system, uh, socioeconomic level, really anything there. When I get together with the Milltown operatives, when I've gotten together with the Reedy river riot, when I've been at AO watch parties, when I've gone to, things down in Atlanta with Atlanta United. Anytime I've ever been around a group of soccer people, I always think these are people that probably in the normal span of my life and in the normal day-to-day activities I partake in probably wouldn't have met or befriended almost any of these people. And yet a lot of my soccer friends have become my community. This has been a a thing for me that uh, it's really important. I moved to Greenville in 2009 and my wife and I started dating in 2010. And so really pretty much the entire time I've lived in Greenville, my friends have been our couple friends, uh, friends of hers that she, cause she grew up here. Friends of hers that have husbands. Those became my friends and people that we met at things we do together. They became my friends. And so our community, our communities have been uh, merged in a sense. My wife still has a lot of friends that she talks to from college and and things like that that are outside of my community necessarily, but I don't really have a ton of people that I've had as quote unquote my community until, until this past year. And that's what soccer has done for me. It's really provided me a, a, a retreat, a place to pull away and go and have a sense of community around people that think like me and, uh, at least in one way in, in the way of soccer fandom and, uh, and I actually really enjoy getting to, uh, converse and experience the diversity of thought and ideas and people. And it's really fun. And I've really developed some genuine, genuine friendships, uh, with some of you. And so I say all that to say, thank you. That's what this whole thing is about. Like I, I sit here Every time I record a podcast, 40 times now, plus a few more, we've had a few extra little podcasts that didn't get a number, but, um, every time I sit down behind this mic, typically it's just me. Um, it's me sitting here in my dining room with my dog as I record 
this episode and, but I know when I'm recording it, I'm talking to my friends and, um, that means the world to me. And my, uh, if you haven't read the article I wrote about Atlanta United and what Atlanta United has meant to me in two years, uh, of their existence, you can find that on my Twitter feed. Like I, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff happen in my life in the last couple of years. And, and, uh, soccer's really, really been therapeutic for me, um, in a lot of ways. And so, uh, any of you that I've had the pleasure to meet and, and get to know, like I consider you, consider you friends. I consider you, uh, comrades in this, in this journey together. And any of you that listen to the podcast, whether I've met you or not, like you, you're participating in, um, in growing this thing. And so I'm grateful for whatever little part I've been able to play in it for the community, um, and for you potentially, but, uh, but most of all, like I'm grateful for what you all have done for me. And so, um, yeah, I say number one is the formation of these two supporters groups, but whether you're officially a part of the supporters group or not, you're, you're a part of supporting soccer in the upstate. And that is, that's the most important thing. And for that, I'm grateful because, uh, I don't want to quit doing this. Uh, I don't do this because I get paid. I don't do this because, um, I get access. Like that's not why I'm doing any of these things. I do it because I love the sport. I love talking about it. I love writing about it. And I hope that through me talking and writing and sharing and being able to have some access and be able to talk to some people that maybe you wouldn't be able to talk to and bring that to your, to your phone or to your car um, I hope that enhances and enriches your experience of, of growing the game together here in our community. So thank you all so much for tuning into this very special episode. I'm excited that we're a year old now. We're 40 episodes in. Um, I think this year is going to be really exciting. I think our second year is going to be even bigger than our first. And I imagine that by the time we get to January 11th, 2020, uh, we will have more than 80 episodes. <laughs> I don't think it's going to only be 40, um, in our second year now with two teams to cover and, uh, a lot of stuff happening as we continue to grow the game here. And so my goal, uh, for year two is to provide you more content, to provide you more access. Uh, I hope to do some more pregame and halftime periscopes if I can, as they, as they're, uh, able to be done. Sometimes it's hard to do them if we're at the game, if it's a home game, but for away games, I kind of like doing it. Um, and, uh, going to continue to write and cover the teams. And hopefully if you're more of a reader than a listener, or if you like to do both, uh, you'll continue to follow what, uh, I'm doing there as well. So thanks for tuning into this episode. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors and, uh, we will talk to you again, hopefully real, real soon as more stuff continues to roll out for both the triumph and Greenville FC as we move towards uh, their seasons coming up this spring.